Welcome, everybody, to our uh, Christmas podcast of Wagers. Wagers, we are in to week 16, if you can believe that. Two more weeks to go in the NFL season, and it's getting crazy out there. Uh, I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you, of course, as always, from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Who's traveling now? You're always home. And joining me, as always, my compadre, John the Hedgehog Donath. The Hedgehog! Also from the Dirty Jers. I'm in New Jersey. John, how you doing now? Doing great, man. First of all, Merry Christmas to you and your family again. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of our listeners out there. Uh, I'm hoping that you all got a chance to spend a, a little time with family and hopefully might, you might have a, a little bit more of a chance to do that this week. It's a great time to just sit back, reflect on the year, hang out with your loved ones and bet on some football. Absolutely. Yes. Merry Christmas to you and your family and to all of our listeners out there. And Happy Kwanzaa, I believe, started today, too. So anyone that celebrates Kwanzaa, happy Kwanzaa to you. All right, let's move in to uh, week 16. But before we do that, let's quickly recap week 15. I had a brutal week, an absolutely brutal week, not only from a betting standpoint, but just from an NFL fan standpoint. The New York Jets can't do anything right. They can't lose. They just won the game last week against the Rams. I mean, what is that? I thought they were going to get blasted. They were underdogs by 17 and a half points. And what did the Jets do? They blew the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, gave it right back to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and are now 1-13 and 13 after a stunning victory over the Rams. So I lost with the Jets because I took the Rams, which, again – I never take double-digit favorites, but I figured after their awful performance against the Seattle Seahawks the week before that the Jets would just get their doors blown off. But that didn't happen, of course. The Jets went out and won, and they blew the first pick. My, uh, my props in that game, also terrible. I had Cup over 59.5 receiving yards, lost. Cam Akers over 69.5 rushing yards, lost. So overall, just a terrible game with the Jets. And my second game... Almost just as bad. Um, I salvaged a couple, a couple props here, but the Chiefs, I had them at minus three. It was a push. So I didn't lose any money on the game. But I had Kelsey over 85 and a half receiving yards, lost. Kamara over 56 and a half rushing yards, lost. Kamara over 49 and a half receiving yards, lost. Wish I would have taken Kamara on Saturday <clears throat> after his just sick performance of rushing her. On, actually, I think they played on Friday. In any event, uh, the only props that I did cover on was uh, Kelsey to score a touchdown and Mahomes over 14 and a half rushing yards. So salvaged a little bit on that second game, but overall, pretty brutal weekend for me. That's gambling for you. Uh, John, how'd you do last weekend? It was actually a pretty good weekend for me. It's funny you bring up that uh, Alvin Kamara amazing six-touchdown game. Uh, just real quick, of course, I am one of the lucky few people, or lucky many probably, 
who have the just the absolute honor to be playing against a team with Alvin Kamara on it in the fantasy championship in one league. So I'm looking forward to getting crushed and, and coming in second in that league. Um, as far as last week goes, uh, the first game I took was my hometown Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals. It was an extremely fun game. The teams went up and down the field. Obviously, with the Eagles, the story of their season has become the revelation, which is Jalen Hurts. He has been exactly the elixir that offense needed with, you know, very little talent in the receiving core and an extremely banged up offensive line. Uh, Jalen Hurts has shown a proclivity to 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 move with the ball in his hands and has just provided a spark. So it was a really great, really fun game. The Cardinals were giving six or six and a half, depending on what site you were looking at. I expected it to be a close game, which it was. Uh, I had a feeling that the Eagles might actually win the game outright, but I said to take the Eagles in the points. Uh, That actually fell just short, but I still like the pick. I really do, uh, because the Eagles very easily could have won that game. It it, it flipped on a fake punt that the Cardinals converted on. And even at the end of the game, uh, Jalen Hurts threw like I think it was a 30 yard pass or or something like that, maybe a little bit more than that into the end zone on a a game uh, potential game tying uh, touchdown. And it hit. Uh, Dallas Goddard right in the hands got knocked away so he didn't catch that Eagles also missed an extra point so you know you fell just shy if you got the the took the six or the six and a half uh, but it was within a point and a point and a half and considering the missed extra point I still like that pick a lot uh, trust the process as we say in South Jersey and Philly uh, as far as the props I liked in the game I loved Jalen Hurts rushing 57 and a half at minus 112 that hit I loved Dan Arnold uh, receiving 15 and a half yards that hit did not hit if I recall correctly uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 85 and a half uh, receiving yards but overall a really fun game hit a couple of props on that one the second game I took was the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts an interdivisional game uh, I said to take the Texans getting seven and a half if you did you cashed because you won by 0.5 points the Texans came into that game with, you know, one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. So I loved Jonathan Taylor, the over on 72 and a half yards. I loved Naheem Hines, the over on 25 and a half yards, hit both of those. The last one I really loved, I really loved the Deshaun Watson uh, uh, rushing yards, 23 and a half. Uh, odds were crappy at minus 134, but he had been over that number in nine straight games. So I dropped a hundo on that. That leads me to the my main takeaway from last week. I've said all year I really love looking at quarterback rushing yards uh, because more and more the NFL uh, is, is becoming a league where quarterbacks with their legs, that's part of the game now. They're not the exception anymore. That's becoming kind of the rule a little bit. Uh, and that rushing prop for a quarterback is generally pretty low. So a lot of times you can hit it just on, you know, there's uh, pressure on the quarterback and the quarterback gets flushed out and you can make some money basically on one play. Uh, So I took Deshaun Watson on his rushing pop prop (laughs) uh, for a hundred bucks. I also took Russell Wilson in his rushing yards and I took Patrick Mahomes for his rushing yards, a hundred on each hit all three, Wish I had parlayed it now because that would have been a really nice hit. Uh, But quarterback rushing yards is again, something I'm going to look at every week. I made some money last week, looking to make some more this week. Let's get it. Yeah, so I actually made more money on your games than I did on mine because I took Hertz rushing, hit on that. Sanders rushing, hit on that. Uh, the only prop in your game that I didn't hit on was Murray rushing. 
Uh, it was 48 and a half. And I think he only had about 29 or 30 yards. I also hit on the, the Watson rushing prop, Hines rushing prop as well in that Colts Texans game. So I fared better on your games than I did on mine. Um, but overall, last week was not a great week for me. But in any event, we move into week 16. And, you know, I'm usually talking about my, my Ofer Jets, but they come into this game 1-13, and, and they are playing the Cleveland Browns. The line started out at plus 10. Uh, Jets are home. The over-under was 48. Overnight, the line dropped to 6.5, and, and it's because the Browns are now missing their top four wide receivers – as they've all been placed on the uh, the COVID reserve list. So how do I how do I look at this game? Well, interesting stat, and I think it it really applies especially to this game when the Browns don't have their top four wide receivers. Is that the Browns' um, last six games? Five, I'm sorry, five out of the last six games have been decided by fewer than six points, and in those games, the Browns are five and one. I'm going to look at it a little differently this week, but I'm still going to go with the theme of the Browns games being divide, uh, decided by less than six points. Um, interesting stat, Mayfield is eight and one versus non-divisional opponents this season. Cleveland, through, this is the first time in, uh, in league history that through 14 games, a team has 10 plus wins and has a negative point differential. Currently, the Browns sit at minus six points. They've been outscored by six points, but they have 10 wins this season. Um, in the last four games, Mayfield has thrown 10 touchdowns and only one interception. But because he doesn't have his top four wide receivers uh, this week, it's going to be pretty tough for him unless somebody just emerges. The Jets, last week, they won 23-20 to 20, uh, against the Rams, unbelievably. Uh, and But Darnold had his best performance, 22 for 31, 207 yards, a touchdown and no interceptions, and a 99.8 passer rating. So Darnold's getting a little bit better. Uh, he's, he's got probably, if not the top rookie this year in Mekhi Becton on that offensive line. Uh, he's got to be right up there, top three, without a doubt. Uh, a couple other interesting stats here. Chubb and Hunt, the running backs for the Browns, both have 10 touchdowns each, and they are 10-1 and one when one of them scores, the Browns. But again, they're missing their, their top four wide receivers, and their left tackle, Jedrick Willis, is also on the COVID list, and their right guard, Hyatt Teller, is out with an ankle injury. So their offensive line is banged up as well, and no receiving core. So the Jets' offense, obviously, they're not blowing the doors off of anybody. Um, <clears throat> and, but the Browns' defense, they're only middle of the road in all categories, whether it's yards, rushing, uh, passing, or uh, points allowed. So here's how I see this game. I think the Browns are going to go very rush heavy. I mean, they're third in the NFL, rushing for 152.6 yards per game. The Jets are middle of the road. They're, uh, they're giving up only 112.9 yards per game. So I really think it's going to come down to whether or not the Browns can rush the ball. But I think the Jets are really going to focus on the run. And uh, because of the, the Browns receiving even though the Jets are 30th against the pass, the Browns are only 24th in the league in passing offense. And without their top four wide receivers, again, I know this is a common theme and I, I feel like I'm repeating myself. I think given that, I'm going to probably lean Jets and I'm going to take the six and a half points. And I'm hoping, hoping that the Jets don't win this game. 
um, for selfish reasons. And I hope that Jacksonville pulls out a miracle and beats the, the Chicago Bears today. But I think the Jets are going to keep it close. And I would probably lean Jets uh, and take the, the six and a half points. If it stayed at 10, uh, I would have really liked this game and would have taken the Jets. Given the fact that the line dropped down below a touchdown, I'm probably not taking it. But if I had to, to lean one way or the other, I'm leaning uh, Jets and I'm taking the six and a half points. There are no player props up on FanDuel, up on FanDuel and very few on DraftKings. And I'm guessing it's because of the receiver situation with Cleveland. But the one prop that I do like, any other Brown to score other than Nick Chubb, Minus 106. So decent odds, <clears throat> and that's on DraftKings. So those are my thoughts on the Jet-Brown game. John, any thoughts? I think I kind of look at the Jets to win this game. If I were to take it, uh, I'm probably not going to. There's just too many variables. But if I were to take it, I think I would take the Jets and the points. That's the way I would go. Uh, yeah, there's. I, I'm pretty sure they, they must have just kiboshed a lot of the, the props based on what's going on with the Brown situation. But keeping that in mind, one thing I do like is the um, anytime touchdown on FanDuel, you can get Harrison Bryant at plus 430. And I think it's only plus 300 for the same bet on DraftKings. I'm just double checking that now. Yeah, he's plus 300 anytime touchdown on DraftKings. You go over to, over to FanDuel, you can get it for plus 430. If you recall, the you know rookie tight end Harrison Bryant had a couple of big games for Cleveland. Uh, earlier in the season with the dearth of receiving options for Baker Mayfield this week. I could see him going to a tight end like Harrison Bryant, who he cooked up a little chemistry with earlier in the year, 30th pass defense on the part of the Jets. So I, I like that one a lot. Harrison Bryant plus 430 anytime touchdown. All right, good stuff. So John, talk to me about your Philadelphia Eagles and their slim uh, playoff hopes still alive against the Dallas Cowboys today. Yep. Eagles at Dallas, a 425 today. The Eagles are favorites on the road. Oh, no. They are uh, giving three points to the Cowboys on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Minus 108 on DraftKings, minus 105 on FanDuel. Uh, last week, like we talked about, the Eagles lost in a shootout at Arizona. They've been a, a really a different team since Jalen Hurts took over. And this week, it's basically – uh, the Eagles version of a Super Bowl this year because we're playing the, the hated, hated Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys, after getting destroyed, absolutely manhandled and dismantled by the Washington football team on Thanksgiving, have actually played pretty well since then. Uh, they had a tough loss against the Baltimore Ravens and then have won two in a row against the Bengals and the 49ers. Andy Dalton has been a steadying force at quarterback since he's come back off the COVID list. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's had a disastrous season, but Tony Pollard has been able to sort of step in at running back and pick up a lot of the slack for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, however, I like the Eagles to keep it up this week. I like the Eagles and giving the three. I take a look at what Dallas has done over the last few weeks. And yeah, they've won, but they've done a, a little bit with smoke and mirrors. They've had, I think, seven scores on special teams and defense, which is just insane. They've had an absolute you know, avalanche of turnovers in the last couple of weeks. And, and I don't care how good your defense is. Uh, but that's just a tough thing to keep up every week, that number of turnovers and scoring on the defensive and special team side. And that's especially so when you realize that 
Dallas's defense overall really hasn't been that good. So there's not the talent level there to make you think that they can be a dominating defense, even though they've played well. Even after playing well over the last couple of weeks, Dallas still has the uh, worst run defense in the league. They've taken that mantle over from the Houston Texas Texans. And on top of that, this I put a lot of stock in this part right here. The Cowboys defense has not done very well against mobile quarterbacks or their running backs. Check this out. I took a look at this against Russell Wilson and Chris Carson. Uh, the Dallas gave up 315 passing yards to Russell Wilson, 22 yards rushing and five touchdowns gave up another 64 yards on the ground to Chris Carson against the Cardinals, another mobile quarterback, Kyler Murray and his running back mate, Kenyon Drake, uh, the Cowboys gave up 188 passing yards, another 74 yards on the ground to Kyler Murray, three total touchdowns, and then another 164 yards on the ground and another two touchdowns to Kenyon Drink. Lastly, against the Ravens in that close game I talked about, the Cow Cowboys gave up 107 passing yards to Lamar Jackson, but more importantly, 94 rushing yards. And then against the duo of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, the Cowboys gave up 71 yards in a tutty to J.K. Dobbins and another 101 rushing yards to the Gus bus late of Rutgers. So what does that mean? It sounds like the Cowboys have a really tough time game planning for mobile quarterbacks. Uh, and there's been a sort of, you know, fantasy betting football trope that rushing quarterbacks really help the running backs in their backfield because the linebackers and the safeties have to worry about the quarterback. So their attention is taken away from the running backs, uh, which permits mobile quarterbacks to do a little bit better. On top of that, Dallas Cowboys are going to be missing their incredibly talented uh, middle linebacker, Leighton Bander Esch this week. I also don't think that bodes well for Dallas. I'm expecting a little bit more of the same from Jalen Hurts. I expect him to keep taking off with the ball because he has to, because the Eagles offensive line is just not very good. Um, so I expect Jalen Hurts to have a, another good day today. And I'm saying take the Eagles on the road to get the big rivalry win, give the three points and make some money. On top of that, for the props, you're not going to be surprised. I'm taking the Jalen Hurts rushing prop. That's 55 and a half yards on either DraftKings and FanDuel. But listen, for our listeners out there, we've said this over and over again. Whatever sites you play on, you know, I mean, you and I mainly look at DraftKings and FanDuel. But whatever you're looking at, compare a couple of different sites. This is a prime example. Even though the rushing prop itself, the over-under is the same on DraftKings and FanDuel, 55 and a half yards, the odds could not be more different. On DraftKings, you can get minus 118 for that number. Go over to FanDuel, the odds are minus 142. Big difference. So take Jalen Hurts on DraftKings, 55 and a half rushing yards. With everything, everything that I just said about how bad the Cowboys have been uh, as far as rushing defense goes, especially when you're talking about running quarterbacks and their backfield makes, mates, I really want to take Miles Sanders, um, but his rushing prop is just a little bit too rich for my blood. On FanDuel, it's 79 and a half yards at minus 112. On DraftKings, it's 80 and a half yards at minus 112. And listen, we know what kind of miles, oh, excuse me, what kind of running back Miles Sanders is now. He's not the kind of guy who's going to get you four yards every time he touches the ball. He's not. He's going to touch the ball 10 times in a row and he's not, not much is going to happen. And on the 11th time, he might bust out an 80 yard touchdown. That's what kind of talent he is, and that could certainly happen in this game. 
but it's not the kind of thing I can bank on from a prop perspective. So I'm going to leave that alone. Instead, I'm going to take the attempts, which are a little bit higher than I like, uh, because Doug Peterson does not like to give one back, you know, 20 carries or something like that. But you can get 16 and a half rushing attempts for Miles Sanders on FanDuel at minus 118. I think it's 17 and a half over on DraftKings. So I'm going to take that 16 and a half. I'm going to take one now that's going to leave you scratching your head for a second. I'm going to take Andy Dalton rushing yards, five and a half at minus 112 on FanDuel. Now, why would I do that? Like I said a little bit earlier, I really love taking quarterback rushing yards because it's the kind of thing that can happen in any game. And all it takes is one play, especially when the prop is so low like it is here. Andy Dalton has at least one rushing attempt in every single game that he's played this year. There was, you know, one game right in the beginning of the year where he had one pass attempt, didn't have a rushing attempt. I don't count that. Any game where he's actually played substantially in the game, he has at least run at least one rushing attempt. The Eagles pass rush has been pretty good. Brandon Graham uh, made his first pro bowl. Uh, Josh Sweat is a defensive end for the Eagles. Who's really coming on strong. Their defensive tackles, Javon Hargreave and Fletcher Cox, are you know healthy and causing havoc in the middle i could see andy dalton getting flushed out here and just you know scampering for five or six yards and bang you got yourself a prop now i'm going to go to the other side of the ball i'm going to take cd lamb 52 and a half receiving yards on FanDuel. that's minus 112 over on DraftKings. it's a little bit higher 56 and a half for the same odds so i'm going to take the 52 and a half receiving yards on Fandle. And the reason for this is this is a number that CD Lamb has hit, I think, seven times this year. Uh, and uh, CD Lamb was absolutely the apple of my eye in the NFL draft this year. I really wanted the Eagles to get him. There are rumors that they almost had a trade to get him and it, it, it didn't go through. So I absolutely could see CD Lamb driving the knife further into my back uh, in this game and getting that 52 and a half receiving yards. I think the last one I'm going to take a look at is Dallas Goddard who almost had the game-winning catch last week. His prop for receptions is three and a half catches. That's plus 100 on DraftKings. Like those odds, same numbers, minus 112 on FanDuel. Goddard has been over three and a half catches six games in a row. So I'll take that one too. One mitigating factor there is that Dallas has actually been pretty good against uh, tight ends. They're top five on the year against tight ends from both a yardage and catch perspective. However, this week, like I said, there's no Leighton Van Der Esch. They're missing their safety, Xavier Woods. And Dallas Goddard has been a go-to man for Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to take that prop as well. In review, give me the Eagles, minus three. Give me Jalen Hurts rushing yards at 55 and a half. Give me Miles Sanders, 16 and a half rushing attempts. Andy Dalton, five and a half rushing yards. CeeDee Lamb, 52 and a half receiving yards against that banged up Eagles secondary. And finally, Dallas Goddard, three and a half catches plus 100 on DraftKings. So listen, that's uh, that's all the information I got on this game, man. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like the Eagles in this game too. You know, what's really interesting is that if the Eagles win today and both the Redskins and Giants lose, if the Eagles beat the Redskins the following week, they win the division, which is just insane to me. Uh, and they'll win it at six, nine, and one, which is just a putrid record. But hey, I mean, the NFC East has just been just historically bad this season. So anything could happen. It's interesting, you know, all these teams are playing each other at the end of the season. So, I mean, something's got to give. And one of these bad teams is going to win the division. And, you know, 
get annihilated in the first round of the playoffs. But uh, I like your analysis. I like the Eagles this week. I really do. Um, I, I think they've get they've definitely gotten a spark with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I love the uh, the Hurts rushing uh, prop. Um, what I really like is the Hurts uh, attempts prop on DraftKings. It's uh, nine and a half. So I like the the over on the Jalen Hurts <clears throat> um, rushing attempt prop uh, on DraftKings and uh, Dallas Goddard and Dallas. There you go. I like it. All right. So we're going to move into our second games and I'm taking the Rams at the Seahawks. You know, the Rams really let me down last week and I really hope that they don't have a bounce back week this week. And I don't think that they will. And I'll tell you why. I think the NFC West, other than Seattle, is just a bunch of fraudulent teams. Arizona Cardinals couldn't beat the 49ers yesterday with C.J. Beathard at quarterback. They almost lost to the Eagles. The 49ers are banged up. They don't have their starting quarterback. They're on, you know, like their third or fourth quarterback already this season. And the Rams lost to the Jets last week at home. So all those three of those teams are fraudulent. And I think that the Rams are going to run into a buzzsaw this week with the Seahawks because I think they're the only legitimate team in that division. Uh, the Seahawks are like a tale of two defenses. And I, and I took the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago and I really liked them again this week. Um, they have given up fewer than 20 points in their last four games. And I know that they lost to the giants at home, but the giants defense is actually pretty is, is good. And the Seahawks didn't give up that many points to the giants, even though they lost their offense just didn't show up that day. Jared Goff is a fraud. He's a terrible quarterback. <clears throat> He's, I mean, he just looked awful against the Jets. He looks like scattered out there on the field. He gets nervous. He gets happy feet. His first 10 games, he looked pretty good. They went seven and three. He, had, he was uh, throwing for 282 yards per game, 16 touchdowns, eight interceptions, had a 95.4 passer rating. But in the last four games, they've gone two and two. He's passing for 223.8 uh, yards per game, only four touchdowns, four interceptions, and an 84 passer rating uh i know that the rams are four and oh coming off a loss but i just can't see them going into seattle and beating the seahawks the line right now is minus one the bookmakers are actually looking at the rams as a team that might beat the seahawks because you're usually getting three points at home now i know with COVID and no fans in the stands you probably can throw that right out the window but still i think the seahawks win this game and i think they probably win this game by a touchdown to be honest with you and maybe even more six of the nine Ram wins this year have been against teams that are under 500 and they couldn't even beat the winless jets last week. So I think their record for the Rams is a little um, deceiving because they'd only, they usually only beat bad teams and barely beat good teams. The first week, the Seahawks lost to the Rams 23 to 16, but you have to look at the inside the game and see that the Seahawks were without Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde, their top two running backs. So they're both playing in this game. I like the Seahawks. I really do. The Rams are last in pass defense, yielding 192 yards per game. They've given up 15 touchdowns. I'm sorry, they're the best in, in pass defense. I'm sorry. Uh, yielding only 192 yards per game, 15 touchdowns and 13 interceptions and 44 sacks. But I think Seattle's going to keep the ball on the ground. The Rams are probably flush Russell Wilson out of the pocket. So he's going to run a little bit. But I like the Seattle Seahawks to win this game. And the line's only minus one. And again, with the Rams losing to the Jets and just Jared Goff not looking great in his last four games. I like the Seahawks in this game to win by at least a touchdown. My two props that I really like in this game, I looked at a bunch. 
I don't like Metcalf in this game. He's going to go up against Jalen Ramsey's, but I do like Tyler Lockett over 60 and a half yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. And with Russell Wilson probably getting flushed out of the pocket, I like his rushing uh, total over 24 and a half. Good odds, plus 105 on DraftKings. So those are my thoughts on the Rams-Seattle game. John, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think Seattle's really had a rough stretch of it there for a few games. But I think overall, they're a well-coached team. They've got superstars in offense. Chris Carson is rolling again. That defense has definitely been a little bit better since they brought on Carlos Dunlap. I think that's made a big difference. I love the Seahawks in this game. Uh, you can get them over on FanDuel uh, at just minus one point. Just put a 50-burger on that. <clears throat> this is a tasty burger. So I love that. And, of course, going back to the well with my quarterback rushing yards, Russell Wilson here uh, is, has been known from time to time to take off. I think I'll do that again. Uh, you can even do a little bit better on that on FanDuel. You can get Russell Wilson, 22 and a half rushing yards on FanDuel. So I'm taking that as well. All right, John, so who do you got in your second game? All right, so I'm taking the uh, the Sunday night game tonight. That's the 10 and four Tennessee Titans at the 11 and three Green Bay Packers, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Uh, by kickoff tonight at 8:15, uh, it's supposed to be in the teens, cold, just like it's supposed to be uh, at Lambeau Field late in the season. Can't wait for this game. These are two teams that have been playing really well. You know, I've gone the other way on Tennessee a few times recently, and, and for the most part, it hasn't worked out that well. Their offense has been gangbusters. I had the unfortunate experience of going against Ryan Tannehill in a, a fantasy semifinal matchup last week. Ryan Tannehill of the 53.7 freaking points. Um, A.J. Brown uh, has really come back and had a, a nice stretch here. And, of course, you know, we all saw what Derrick Henry can do late in the year, the last couple of years. So the Tennessee offense has been, has been fantastic. They are leading the AFC South right now. They're actually tied with the Colts, but they have the tiebreaker last week. They trounced the lions 46 to 25 at home as nine and a half point favorites. The defense has been not quite as good. They've only been 28th against the pass overall 29th in the past in their last three. So even though they're, they're winning games, their past defense has not been up to snuff. Packers also having a really great year. They come into the game again, 11 and three. Last week, they beat the Carolina Panthers 24 to 16, but they're coming off a four game win streak. Aaron Rodgers is having, you know, a borderline MVP season. He's been absolutely fantastic. And overall, I, <laughs> I guess, you know, maybe I'll just go down with this ship uh, and not fully believing in the Tennessee Titans. I think when your defense has, has been as bad as their defense has been, eventually you're going to get caught um, on the wrong end of a wrong matchup. And I think that might happen this week. I think traveling up to Lambeau in the, in the frozen tundra, uh, the, the Green Bay defense has been, you know, pretty good this year. They've been 10th overall against the pass in terms of yardage, about the same in their last three, 12th against the pass. So I like the Packers here. The line is uh, three points. You can get minus three for the Packers. I've taken that already at home. They're basically getting the, the three-point uh, home bump there. So I, I think that's a pretty good line. Uh, on offense, you know, the, the, the props here, for both teams are really high. So if you want to play the prop game, you're going to, you know, uh, be living with some high numbers. And I think I'm going to here. 
Uh, Derek Henry, for example, his uh, attempts prop is 22 and a half on both FanDuel and DraftKings, which is, you know, a high number, but it's a number that he crushed in four out of his last five games. I have to anticipate that the Titans are going to say, okay, let's try to keep Rodgers off the field, bad weather. Let's give the rock to Derrick Henry as, as, as much as we can. You know, it's hard to say how that's going to go because typically what happens is if the Titans are playing from in front, Derrick Henry gets fed the ball. If they're playing from behind, he's not going to get the ball as much. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a relatively close game. So I think Henry's a pretty good bet here to get 22 and a half attempts based on what I just said about trying to keep Rodgers off the field. So I'll take that. Devontae Adams is just an absolute beast. If he's not the best wide receiver in the league, he's top three for Green Bay. Him and Aaron Rodgers have just a sick, sick connection. Uh, so because of that, his receiving prop is way, way up there. 90 and a half at minus 112 on both FanDuel and DraftKings. He has just been absolutely outstanding this year. Uh, it's a number that he's hit, you know, multiple times recently. So He's had at least nine targets in every single game this year. He's just been an absolute beast. Uh, he's coming off a down week last week against Carolina. I like Devontae Adams to bounce back and hit the 90 and a half receiving yards mark. Also, keeping in mind what I said earlier about Tennessee's um, less than stellar pass defense, I was looking for another uh, Green Bay pass catcher to, to hang my hat on. Uh, I was looking at Alan Lazard, but his numbers are a little high, 52 and a half, 56 and a half. MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, his prop on FanDuel for receiving yards is only 35 and a half yards at minus 112. It's 37 and a half over on DraftKings. I think I'm going to take that. It's a number that uh, MVS has hit seven times this year and four out of his last six. So why that's important to me is that includes games where he shared the field with Alan Lazard, which is something that I, I, I worried about that MVS's numbers would be noticeably worse with Lazard on the field. While Lazard is another mouth to feed, uh, it, the numbers seem to suggest that MVS could easily hit this number anyway. So I'm going to take that. My last prop for the game is going to be A.J. Brown. And the reasoning here is obviously because I had A.J. Brown on a fantasy team. I thought that was very good. And, um, you know, we lost in the playoffs, so we're out. So I have zero doubt that A.J. Brown is going to go off in what would have been my fantasy championship. His receiving prop is also very high, 62 and a half yards at minus 112 on FanDuel. I'm going to take it anyway because he's an absolute beast, has been coming up big recently. I expect Tannehill to chuck it to him a couple of times. And really, Brown only needs a couple of catches to hit that 62 and a half. So that's the one that's going out on a little, a little bit. Overall, I'll take Green Bay at home, giving the three. I'll take Derrick Henry to have over 22 and a half rushing attempts. I'll take Devontae Adams over 90 and a half receiving yards in a bounce back week because he's awesome. I'll take MVS at over 35 and a half receiving yards because Tennessee's pass defense is that bad. And I'll take AJ Brown at over 62 and a half receiving yards at minus 112 because he wants to rub it in a little bit because I lost in the fantasy playoffs. Good stuff. Yeah, I think. I like Green Bay in this game only because they're home and uh, it's going to be really, really cold. I actually heard on the radio this morning that they're talking about the temperature being around two degrees at kickoff at uh, 820 tonight. Um, but I like the beast, Derrick Henry. I like his prop. I like his yards, over 105 rushing yards. I think they're going to run the ball a lot tonight just because of the elements and how cold it's going to be. 
And I like his over on attempts, just like you do, over 22 and a half. So those are my two props in this game. And I do like Green Bay uh, against uh, Tennessee. I had one more quick uh, bonus game I wanted to throw in there too. Sure. Um, you know, we normally take two each, but I saw a little news hit this morning that the Indian, Indianapolis Colts are playing at Pittsburgh against the Steelers. The Steelers have had a really rough go of it the last uh, few weeks. The offense has looked terrible. But at home, I actually feel like the Steelers could really bounce back here. Uh, and the news hit this morning that I saw was that the Colts, it looks like they're going to be without both starting tackles, which really hurts them going up against the strength of that Steelers defense, which is their pass rush. So I think that's a big notch in the Steelers' favor. And the point spread is it's, it's nearly a pick em. I got the Steelers at minus 0.5 points. I think it's up to one or one and a half now, but I love the Steelers in that game. That's my bonus pick, the Steelers at home to beat the Colts by more than one or one and a half, depending on what site you're Yeah, it's a, it's a game I'm probably going to stay away from. I think the Colts have been playing really well of late, and I know that they're going to be missing their two tackles, but the Steelers have been playing terrible the last – three weeks. So I'm going to probably stay away from that game. Um, one quick bonus for me is uh, there's no Clyde Edwards Alaire for the chiefs. So I expect Le'Veon Bell to actually have a big game today against the Atlanta Falcons. And I think both teams are going to put up a lot of points. So I like uh, the Le'Veon Bell over rushing Le'Veon Bell over receiving yards. Uh, so just keep those in mind. All right. So we're into our last phase of our pod. And it is our track of the week. I caught the State of Trance uh, countdown for the year of best tracks by Armin and uh, his partner, uh, Ruben Duran. The one track that stuck in my head made the top 20. It's Skyline by Alan Watts and Roman Messer. It's on Who's Afraid of 138? So it's a 138 BPM trance track and it's just banging. And uh, I've been listening to it all week and that's my track of the week. Well, I could go so many directions here. It's the the Christmas podcast, so I got to go with a Christmas song here. And I thought, do I go with Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC? That's a classic. Do I go with Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Nope. I'm going to go with the uh, another Christmas classic here by uh, a, a, a little group known as the Cheetah Girls. The name of that track is Cheetalicious Christmas. So for the holidays, that's going to be my track of the week, Cheetah Girls, Cheetalicious Christmas. All right, so this this wraps up week 16 of our podcast. Again, we are wagers, ragers. May your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. Everybody, good luck out there, and we'll see you next week in the final week of the regular season. We are out. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. See you next week.